From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Bravo, bravo. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining in to Adventures in the Spirit. We've got a very special episode for you guys, but before we jump into that, I want to encourage you. I have a free prophetic activation download with you in mind. It's a five-day prophetic activation PDF so that you could draw near to Jesus and you could encourage, comfort, and edify people through your gift of prophecy. I want to encourage you to download that because you know Jesus. If you know Jesus, you could hear his voice and you can prophesy over people at the entry level. So the link for that free downloadable PDF is available for you right here on the podcast notes and in the podcast description. But guys, I'm excited for today's conversation. And I'm bringing back my friend, Pamela Christian. She's also got her podcast right here on the Charisma Podcast as well. But Pamela is here for an incredible discussion that I'm so excited about. For over 20 years, Pamela Christian has compared passionately helped people discover and live in life-giving truth. As a radio broadcaster, author, speaker, teacher, and apologist, Pamela compassionately helps people discover truth and the eternal hope that truth provides. So please welcome Ms. Pamela Christian to Adventures in the Spirit. Pamela, thank you so much for joining in. Thank you, Jared. I'm really glad to be here. This is going to be fun. Pam, we had an incredible conversation the first time on this program. That was a very powerful interview with you, discussion with you. What has God been doing in you since that time that we talked in about late July of 2020? I've been, probably like you, really consumed in a wonderful way with uh, producing my podcast. I love doing it, and I'm trying to produced by podcast. So I'm answering the questions that are on people's minds today. So I've had to engage prophecy in a sort because I pre-record, I pre-write and pre-record my programs, wondering what is going to be on people's mind on the Wednesday that the program releases. So it's kind of been fun. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm having the most fun of my life, but there's a lot of different things that have been taking place in in this world, in this day and age, in this world. 2020 was, um, man, it was a roller coaster, wasn't it? Yeah. And it still is. It totally is. This year started off the wrong way. There's a personal thing of mine that I I felt like, and maybe I shouldn't, well, I'll I'll go here, but we'll keep moving. I really felt like the prayer and that, that was too monotheistic God and, uh, Amen, ah, ah, women, that whole thing. I think that that brought 
that prayer was answered in a demonic way. That's what I personally believe. Um, and uh, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll write on that. But Pamela, you have a prophetic ministry. I'd like to know how you identified that you were you had the gift of prophecy and then how you grew in it. Well, I didn't know I had the gift of prophecy. In fact, oftentimes when I am prophesying, I don't realize that I am. And so what's happened for me, and I understand it's true for other people that work with the prop in the area of prophecy as well, is I started off really a student of the Bible. I just couldn't get enough of God's word. And I studied and studied. And then in short order, I found that the Lord asked me to actually teach a Bible study class. And it was an interdenominational, independent Bible study class. It was an amazing experience. The organization was fantastic. I got some of the best training I could ever get on how to craft a message. So I did that for about seven years. And then um, it became important for me to continue to, well, seek the Lord in, in crafting the message. But then there came a day when a gentleman visited our church and he was known to have the office of a prophet. And he called me out of the audience. He found, you know, just spotted me in the audience and prophesied over me. And some of what he said was that I was teach and instruct, which I was already doing. But then he went on and he says, you will, you will stand and provide wisdom and insight and you'll say, thus saith the Lord. So it was prophesied over me that I would enter into prophecy. So knowing that I pursued it and that meant I wanted to draw closer to the Lord and make sure I could understand his voice whenever I thought I heard it. Um, all the things that you can do to try to make sure you are developing the gift that God has given you. And so with that, there's a lot of study. So sometimes I'll be either creating content for my podcast or just speaking. And I, I think I'm saying what I'm saying because of something I've studied, but it's only after I say it in its entirely entirety that I realize no, that's not exactly what I studied. God put an emphasis on it or highlighted some things in what I had studied and it came out differently. So it's, it's fun because I don't always know I'm prophesying. <laughs> until after the fact. I love it. Well, it's it's also the part of the Nabi, the Nabi prophet. I mean, there's a number of Hebrew words for, for prophecy, the prophetic. But uh, for me, it kind of depends. Like sometimes it's just kind of bubbling up out of me, you know, just, you know, it might start with a little phrase, but then you st start going from there. I mean, the yes. first time I ever, first time I ever prophesied, I was 17, but I was a rebellious teenager. I was in a private school at that time. For me, it was the last resort. <laughs> Okay. Great people. They were praying over a group of people who were actually going to like a Graham Cook seminar in England, you know, school of prophecy under Graham Cook. I'm 17. I'm just ready to go do my thing at lunchtime. And this, this word just dropped into me, like just boom, like the download is how I could describe it now. So this was 97, 1997. And I just had to speak that small phrase and then more words flowed and the power surged through me. And mm -hmm. I was like, what was that? And then in time, I was sold out for Jesus and then started growing in this and even paying the price for, for some of these things as well. Because there is a price that nice. sometimes prophetic ministries don't discuss as to what it took to get there. Right. Because I know that there is a sacrifice for all of us. But I like how you said it's about the presence. I'm summarizing what you said, but it's the mm -hmm. presence of God. Spending mm -hmm. time in the word, especially because we need that now. Mm -hmm. But Pamela, we're, we're talking about the, the prophetic ministry. And we recently had the 2020 election and there are a number of prophetic words and had a discussion recently with a friend, friend of mine to see if we think that the prophets missed it. But then there's also the question, did the prophets get it right? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of loaded. I know it's mm -hmm. controversial, but I just want people to know that we love them. I want to provide perspective on this, but the Kim Clement prophecy. 
that has resurfaced. I want to read that and then we'll see what your perspective is. I could see there's potentially two ways to interpret that. Kim Mint prophesied in April 2008 in Seattle, Washington. He said this, and they shall say, but now there is a second president. How can we have two presidents? An unusual thing, isn't it? Says the Spirit of the Lord. Why would it be that one with a double would stand up and face the people? No, they shall say, we have a president. What do we do now? Fear not, for God said, as I promised before, this is my nation, and I will change things according to the time and season. And I told you now, I will expose and reveal things that have been hidden so that my nation can move into, the, into this next election and to the next phase with victory and honor and glory, says the Lord of hosts. I prophesy America. I prophesy America. You are a light, salt, joy. You are a light, salt, joy. I declare this upon this nation, great, great prosperity again. Oil prices that shall change rapidly. And when the new source of energy suddenly unfolds, people will say, oh God, how, how, how did we miss it? It was so easy. At the right time, and the time is now, says the Spirit of God. That was a Kim Clement prophecy. And some people say that it could be interpreted that there's a double-minded president who people can look at and say there's two presidents because it's a double-minded. So it's one president with a double mind. But yet there's also the understanding that it means that there's two different presidents. Now, with what has taken place in November and December and January, well, November, December 2020, and then January 2021, I listened to one of your podcast episodes about this. What is your viewpoint on Kim Clement's two-president prophecy? Well, it's very interesting. It's very um, fascinating. And I hope you'll actually print what Kim prophesied and make it available for your listeners on a show notes or something, because Amen. going over it again and again, you, you will get more out of it. But I think we can learn something from history here. There was a time in the, during the period of the Civil War where Americans had two different ideologies and there was a civil war that clashed because of it. We had the South succeeded from the nation and we actually had the Southern states, the Northern states, and we had two presidents at that time. Right. We had, let's see, Jefferson Davis and Abraham Lincoln. So I think very similarly, we have ideologies, two basic ideologies that have clashed. And once again, we're in a civil war mm. where we have a separation of people within the nations and I think this is something that Kim is talking about whenever he talks about the two presidents. You know, we have a much different kind of battlefield that we're fighting on now. We're not out in the fields with guns and bayonets and such. We're, it's more of a digital war, more of a, an information war. And I think that what we've been going through is a, another way that our nation has become divided uh, so that the truth can be separated. The wheats and the tares can be separated and people can have uh, a greater awareness, an increased awareness of what's really been taking place. It's not the elephants and the donkeys. It's not the right and the left. This is a battle of good versus evil being played out through our governments. And it's not just America, it's worldwide. But did you also know that um, on February 10th, 2007, Kim also prophesied about a hot-blooded president who would be put into office for two terms, Okay, there's okay. the two terms again, stating he would be president who would, let's see, I'm trying to get it right because I'm reading it to make sure I don't misrepresent it, stating he would be a president who will come in whispering God's name and who will be baptized by the Holy Spirit while in office. Wow. And then on April 4, 2007, Kim prophesied, 
Trump shall become a trumpet. And then on February 22nd, 2014, Kim prophesied about the 2016 elections, making it clear that God was very dissatisfied with both parties, but God had planned for a, for a new president who will help restore the nation. And there will come a point when there is no more corruption in the White House. That's what Kim said. And I think we're seeing all of this play out. You know, in 2018, 2019, excuse me, September 2019, the Lord began really working on me looking ahead to the year 2020. And I felt that 2020 was definitely going to be the year of justice. And as every bit of corruption has been exposed, and even as we are today, clear in this counterculture with all censorship and all that we're living with, I believe it is the Lord prolonging these events so that more people can be made aware of what's really been going on. Amen. So you believe that all these pieces of the puzzle, because I know that we see in part, we prophesy mm -hmm. in part. So all these pieces of the puzzle come together so that we can see a fuller picture and that these prophecies and this two president prophecy applies today. I do think so. And I know that there are people who don't agree with me and that's fine. The world of prophecy used the perfect term as a puzzle. Right. You know, one person will be given a little bit of information. Another person will be given more. This will be separated by periods of time, even years. And in the case of Kim Clement, decades. But we need to step back and put it all together to see whether or not it actually comes to pass. Think about all the prophecies we still have in the Bible, the Old Testament, that are yet to be fulfilled. Did that mean the prophets missed it? Right. No, it means that the prophecy is going to be fulfilled, if it's genuine, in God's time, on his timetable. And there's nothing we can do to alter God's timetable. So when it comes to some of the prophets that prophesied Trump's re-election, not necessarily looking at another election, but the 2020 election specifically, you're saying that the prophets who prophesied, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but did they got it right? Um, this is how I believe it. I believe that the prophets who spoke that President Trump would have two terms did hear from the Lord, and they did speak it correctly. However, we've had a lot of these prophets who have recanted what they have right. said, which is a travesty in my opinion. And some of them did it because of fear. Most, I would say most of them probably did it because of fear, either fear of loss of income, loss of following, maybe reprisal from the people within their denomination. There could be all sorts of reasons. But when a prophet speaks for the Lord, the word of God, with a genuine heart, and that's a key, and if it's a prophecy that does not evoke departure from God or fear without hope. To me, that's how you test if it's, if it's genuine prophecy. Genuine prophecy will always produce hope, even if it includes some fear situations. It'll always have a way of escape or some hope, and it will always lead people to God, not away from God. So the fact that these prophets were saying Trump would have a two-term, they were hearing from the Lord. But those who recanted have done more damage to the body of Christ and the, the world of prophecy just by doing that because it causes the body to say, well, wait a minute, if we can't believe that, what can we believe? And it sheds doubt and fear within the body of Christ, which is exactly what the enemy would have, have to happen. This is so good. So with the two president prophecy and hearing, how would this look if there's two presidents? How would this look? Because I know that there's some several cases that will be brought before the Supreme Court in the next few days. Uh, I'm not sure if it's today or just on the 19th, uh, something along those lines. And then if the Supreme Court accepts, I'm, I'm, I don't know the legal jargon of this, okay, but if they accept 
one or two or three or however of these many cases, I, I read a news article, and I'm not sure which news agency, it was mainstream, that the Supreme Court could put this on trial or, or discuss these things in October. Yeah, I've heard that as well. But, you know, Jared, if we could figure out how God was going to produce a miracle, then it wouldn't seem like a miracle to us, would it? Amen. Say that so, again. That was good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if we can figure out the path that God is going to take to do something, then it's only natural, logical conclusion. It's not a miracle. And I truly believe that God has allowed the chaos that we've encountered for all this time, including with COVID, to wake people up, to, to have people see the truth. We've been ignorant. A lot of things have been hidden from us. We've been intentionally deceived on a number of levels. And so God has to present this information in such a way that people wake up so that when he acts, we can see the justice in what he's doing. That's very good. Very good. There's so many questions going in my head, my mind now knowing this is going to be a great conversation, but only we got as a half hour for this program. But can we go back just a little ways to um, those that apologized? I would love to hear what you think about that, because we're talking about prophecy and different pieces of the puzzle. But sometimes our and I think and I've done this personally, even recently, my interpretation, you know, isn't necessarily correct, but the rest of the pieces of the puzzle were. So with these guys, gals, people who did prophesy, but now are apologizing, what do you think we could learn from this? Or what do you think, how do we navigate, say, if the Trump election, say it's overturned one way or another? How do you think that we should navigate that with those guys that apologized if it ends up being true? I think we need to pray for our prophets and pray with compassion and understanding. Yes. And let's go back to the Bible, because in 2 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 9, the Apostle Paul makes it very clear that a couple of people should prophesy. And then the rest of the people who heard the prophecy are to discern the accuracy, the spirit, the intent. In other words, it's incumbent upon the body of Christ to determine if what was spoken as a prophecy is indeed legitimate. So if we're going to blame people, we need to be looking at ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know, this, this division that we have of blaming prophets and trying to put it on them is not scriptural. In fact, I'm getting those wonderful confirmation Holy Ghost bumps right now. Yeah. Everybody has the ability to prophesy. Not everybody's been called by God to the office of a prophet. But we all have the Holy Spirit in us, unlike the Old Testament. In the Old Testament era... Prophets did not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They just had the immediate unction of the Holy Spirit when they spoke. So the, the accountability for the Old Testament prophets is different than the accountability for the New Testament prophets. Prophecy in the New Testament is more of a whole body approach. You follow what I mean? Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in total agreement there. Okay. So what I believe happened, and you use the right word, interpretation, when we hear a prophecy, we are inclined, every single one of us are inclined or is inclined, everyone is inclined to interpret based on what our knowledge is, what we've been exposed to, based on our own experiences. But prophecy comes from God. It has nothing to do with our experiences. It's going to take place in the future as God deems. So we're wrong to interpret until after the fact. We're wrong to interpret. Oh, wow. You're, you're just dropping some incredible truths right here. Again, this is, I'm loving this. Think of so, how many people had heard prophecies about the coming of the Messiah and how many people then, and even to this day, don't believe that those prophecies were true because right. of their own interpretation. So even after the fact, we can get it wrong. Yes, yes. Now, I'm going to be transparent. So for me, the Lord, you know, uh, he's gifted me with dreams and I, I love the presence of Jesus. 
everything flows from being spirit empowered and in his midst in his presence but like i i prefer to roll in personal prophecy and just i've never really had insights into the political realm that's not my sphere that's not my metron but like just even yesterday i'm on a program and start prophesying over some people praying healing over people but there's one part where the lord was showing me some things about this person i never met them but i'm praying for them and about writing and i and in the spirit i could see them writing and but i also misinterpreted a portion of it so that maybe it's writing poems and i don't know if you do that but this is me taking a step of faith so i also want to qualify if like there's parts of the word where i'm very sure about and then there are other parts hey i'm just i'm gonna let you know this is a little vague to me or this is just me now so the person confirmed i love to write but i don't write poems mm -hmm. and but they still you know kind of ate the meat and spit out the bones if that makes mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. and i was just like well that's great i'm glad you got this this portion of it applied but you know we'll see what god does with the rest of it and i i bless people so mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure on people to there and we put it on prophetic ministers to perform you know we, we kind of follow them as a personality when what we need to do all of us is to be infatuated with the person of jesus exactly and prophecy is supposed to it's supposed to be confirmation of what god has already told us what god has told each and every one of us so but a lot of people are pursuing words when they need to be pursuing the person of Jesus first. Precisely. In it, fact, I'm reading uh, Hank Kuhneman's book, uh, The Throne Room Prophet, I believe, Prophecy, Throne Room Prophecy. And he says exactly that. And, and didn't Jesus um, correct some people, uh, you wicked and perverse generation, you seek after a sign. And uh -huh. Instead of seeking after him, they were seeking signs and wonders. So, yes, we have that inclination as humans, but we should be seeking the prophecy giver, not the prophecy itself. Amen. That is so good. Now, I'm going to back up too. You made the you, you made reference to the uh, term politics. Yes. You don't like to prophecy in the area of politics. I don't believe I prophesy or even discuss politics. I discuss government, and the government is on Christ's shoulders. And if we look through the, the entirety of the Old Testament, God constantly worked through kings and rulers and governments and nations to produce His will on earth. So I think we need to pay attention to what's going on in our governments. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm I'm a veteran, and so I've got different understanding and uh, viewpoints on, on some of these things. But I also know that God is transcendent above our earthly politics. Mm -hmm. And for me, I don't have the insight in the current political situations. I know kind of my sphere, where, I, where I'm supposed to stay, like stay in my lane and my boundaries. <laughs> Uh, and I know that God's called prophets, so I know that there's prophets who are apologizing, but then there are some, like you'd mentioned, who are staying the course. Hank yeah. Kuhneman, you'd mentioned. And I'll be honest, I, I don't want to put names out there. You know, I just, I try to keep it vague. I don't want anybody to think I'm throwing anybody under the bus. But as you'd mentioned, Hank, has, he's staying on course with his yeah. prophetic word. Yeah. So, um, and who, who knows? I mean, only God knows, Right. Um, well, and what prompted your interest for this particular show was the word that Kim Clement prophesied in 2007, right? Oh, absolutely. And so it seems like God was giving us some clues way back then. Well, that's one thing about prophecies. It's foretelling the word of God and it's foretelling. But I know that we're all human. And sometimes we, like I'd mentioned, misinterpret some things. Mm -hmm. uh, it may not necessarily be in our timeline, but it is in God's timeline. 
that makes sense. And you could yeah. agree or disagree, but it's such, there's, there's a lot of things going on right now, but I want to ask you, Pamela, what should the Christian church or the average, you know, day-to-day Christian, everybody who loves Jesus, what should they be doing right now in this current season? Very much so seeking the Lord for themselves. We, we should not be relying on prophets to help guide us with our individual personal faith. That's something that we should be taking up ourselves daily with uh, seeking the Lord through Bible study, devotion, prayer, however we can, and learn to discern the Lord's voice for ourselves. Jesus says, my, my sheep hear my voice. So sheep is plural. <laughs> so we should all be able to, de- we should be intentionally developing our own relationship and ability to hear the Lord. Um, we should also be praying for unity and working toward unity. We have division right now. We have yes. division in our nation yeah. and we have division in the body of Christ. Uh, we've always had uh, a measure of division between the charismatics and the non-charismatics. That's something I hope to bridge. Uh, you mentioned in the introduction that I'm an apologist and I'm charismatic. Well, that's usually two sides of the same coin. Right. It's we should look at it. It's the same coin. So I hope that we have our Christians everywhere understanding the importance that a house divided cannot stand. Right. And this is the time we must work more diligently than ever to have unity and to bridge any divides that we see. Amen. That is so good. And we're living in a season where even in Kim Clement's word, as I'm looking at it now, there are things that are being exposed. I mean, just look at what's going on politically. Look at what's happening in the church world. Look at just around the world. There are things being exposed. But Pamela, I, I appreciate you being on my program and saying this is that. You know, I, and I really wanted your perspective. I listened to your podcast episode where you were discussing this and I was like, I need Pamela back on my program for this. So thank you so very much. But Pamela, Adventures in the Spirit is not just information, but it's also impartation and activation. I would be honored if you let us, if the Spirit leads you to to pray over us, to pray for clarity so that we could hear God's voice, whatever he's leading you to do right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. All right. Gracious Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you first and foremost for who you are. You are our everlasting Father. You are our Prince of Peace. You are our wonderful Counselor. You are Almighty God. And we need you now more than ever. Lord, I thank you for your long-suffering, for your faithfulness, even when we are unfaithful. And I ask you now to help all of your children have their eyes opened to the truth. I ask you, Lord, for those men and women, children, who are opposed to you, that they would see the truth and they would choose to repent and turn their life to you. And Lord, for those people who are in positions of leadership, who are working agendas that are clearly opposed to you and your values, I ask you would either bring them to repentance or remove them from influence. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, I'm asking for all of your children, all of us who already belong to you, to seek you in a very renewed way, knowing that this is a very critical time in which we live. And just as in the book of Esther, your people are in danger. And the only hope we have is to turn to you, to repent and turn back to you wholly. So Lord, help us to do that, that you would be glorified and we would benefit because of Jesus. Amen. 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 Pamela, thank you so very much for being part of Adventures in the Spirit. What is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? 
Oh, I'd love to hear from people. I mean, you know, when you're doing podcasts, it feels like it's just a one-way communication. So yeah, I want people to get a hold of you and comment and get back. So I would say the best way is through my Faith to Live By uh, podcast. It's a website landing page for my podcast called faithtoliveby.com. Amen. Thank you so very much. If you're watching or you're listening in to this podcast episode, please feel free to subscribe and share Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky on the Charisma Podcast Network. And it's anywhere you listen to podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Google. And please check out my friend Pamela's podcast, Faith to Live By, also on the Charisma Podcast Network. Thank you so much for listening to our conversation in Adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own Adventures in the Spirit. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.